Hi, so this is Andrea Parker. I am a former police detective turned human potential coach, and this is Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you for tuning in to episode 247 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, we are in the home stretch. Oh, I can't believe it. Woo! The home stretch to the final episode of Chasing Dreams at episode 250. I'm getting misty eyed already. All right, all right. We have amazing guests before we get to that point, though, and today's guest is no different. Her name is Andrea Parker. Andrea is a former police detective turned human potential coach, right? How cool is that? As the founder and CEO of AP Coaching, she works with inspiring, driven, and fun individuals to help them live a life that they are so in love with. And she's going to help you guys today. I can't wait for you to hear this. As a highly sought after coach, Andrea's client list includes professors, doctors, entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and Emmy Award winning producers. She runs the gamut, guys. Andrea is a renowned international speaker, and her insights have been featured in documentaries, transformational podcasts, and Jack Canfield's upcoming book. You guys are going to love the conversation we have. It was so helpful, and there are so many gems she drops. Be ready with a notepad so that you can take notes. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by Ringtones by Amy J. As your personal hype man, Amy wants to provide you with the tools to help you along your dream chase. These new ringtones can be used as text alerts, ringtones, or alarms. The ringtones range from an alarm reminding you it's time to be intentional to an affirmation reminding you that you are enough. To learn more, please visit amyj21.com slash tones or search for Amy J under iTunes on your iOS device or the Tunes ringtone store. All right, guys, without further ado, here's Andrea. Hey, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy. I'm, I'm really grateful that I get to spend this time with you today. Well, you know, when your your name came across my desk, the fact that you were a human potential coach paused me right there because I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And then I dug deeper and found out you used to be a detective. And then I was again, wait, what? And then I was like, this is genius because the detective seeks and learns and figures things out. And a human potential coach sounds like you would have a lot to say about what people can do. So I'm very excited to get into the weeds with you about this and how we even got on that journey. But before we do that, we got to find out what did little young Andrea want to be when she was, uh, let's say, 13? Well, it's it's funny that you say that because part of it was I love asking people questions. And mm. I, I, I asked my mom tons of questions. She'd always be like, are you interrogating me? Like, why are you asking so many questions? So I, that probably could have been a clue. But when I was 13, I was kind of teeter-tottering whether I want to be a teacher or whether I want to be a police officer. So 
innately, I love teaching. And then I think the policing came in because I, I would spend a lot of time at my aunt's in the summer. And there was, for some reason, always a lot of emergency vehicles by her house. So she would just be like, okay, get on your bike, go ride past there, figure out what happened, and then come back and tell me. Oh, sweet. (laughs) At a young age, I got addicted by being like, okay, what's happening? I got to figure it out. And now I got to go back and I got to report it to my aunt. And then every time I saw emergency vehicles, I'd be like, I wonder what's happening. So I think that was where I was at at 13. (laughs) And how long were you uh, in the police force, the police academy, and then became a detective? What was your tenure there? Yeah, so I was there for about a decade. And I say that I wanted to be a police officer, but it's funny because like, I remember first day of police college. And this is something I had been working towards for like years and years and years Mm -hmm. and years. And it was the first day I'm sitting in my seat. And I remember being like, Oh crap. This isn't what I want to do. Oh, this no. is like the furthest from what I want to do. Really? And and even then that was like day one. So it was, it was quite the journey even from day one mm-hmm. to, yeah, I, I was there for about 10 years. And, and part of it was, to be honest, I didn't feel like I almost felt like this isn't me. Like who am I to be here? Or this doesn't feel in alignment. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this nagging voice in, in the back of my head. So it wasn't necessarily, yay, I'm pumped to be here. It was more like, okay, I got myself into this. And I think that benefited me in a way because I had such a different approach than most people. Like mm-hmm. I ended up graduating um, at the top of my class. I was valedictorian. I raised through the ranks fairly quickly. And I think a lot of that is because I, I didn't necessarily connect with or resonate with a lot of the ways that that the police culture was created. Right. I loved learning about people and I loved the connection piece, but part of it is I didn't feel connected within. I didn't feel like I was connected to what I was doing, but also myself in, in kind of my personal journey as well. So I found it was a, a really interesting time. It was probably one of, at the time I was like, I don't understand why I'm in this and I don't want to do it. But looking back now, I'm like, that was probably the quickest way that I could have learned the things that I wanted to learn to be where I am today. So I'm so grateful I did it, but it wasn't like that, that straightforward path of this is going to be awesome. And it's just going to lead me more to more awesome things. It was kind of the opposite. <laughs> so it's interesting you say this. Cause I had in um, my, my masters, I had something similar of an experience where I should have known by my gut reaction of my thesis topic that I was like, mm, this isn't really my thing. And then continuing, there would be these uh, gut checks and I would continue to ignore them and probably ignored it for four or five years, really, um, until I made a decision in a stand. But isn't it funny that when we look back, we're like, you know, but I needed that. Totally. I needed to go through that. But let me ask you as a, and we're going to talk about how you got to this, but as a, you know what, I'm going to hold the question. Because I was like, you know what, let's go first with how do you go from detective to coach? Yeah. And it's, and again, so I find in my life, usually when, when my heart and a lot of what I teach and in, in what I do even now as a, a human potential coach is all about living from your heart. And when I find when you live from your heart, it calls you out of your comfort zone. And for me, that's almost like the whole oh, that's a big moment. Like policing, it was like, it was, I, I was in it for a reason and it called me out of my comfort zone. So same with coaching. And, and basically how it happened was 
I became a human potential coach, not because I was like, yeah, I want to be a coach, but really I saw the impact it had for me in my life, mostly because I had spent so much of my life not feeling connected with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So for example, so in, in terms of policing, uh, I was on paper thriving. So I had, I was earning over six figures. I had a job where I was inspiring youth. So I was a school officer at the time. Funny enough, I was getting paid to teach youth the police. Stuff. So I was a teacher and a police officer, which should have been perfect. That's what I wanted to do. Right. right. I had uh, successful, loving relationships with income properties. I had health, like I had all these things. But on the inside, it still felt like something was missing. Like I felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like I was on this kind of quest, but it, like I couldn't figure it out. So that's what kind of sparked me on this personal development journey. And, and I'm the researcher. I'm the learner. I, I want to know all the things. So I read pretty much every book. I took courses, seminars. I spent mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars right. on anything that I caught, thought that would help me feel more fulfilled in what I was doing. And the truth is, it was almost like I felt like I was hitting this personal development plateau. It's like I was doing all the things Mm -hmm. and I was experiencing some change, but at the same time, I wasn't. And that's when I experienced what I call a baseball bat from the universe. It's like you're doing the things, but you're not listening. And at some point, you get smacked upside the head and says, okay, you need to start listening. You need to start waking up. And for me, that, that kind of happened in my health. And health to me is, is one of my highest priorities. I used to be a former competitive athlete. I used to be a personal trainer. So I really valued my health. And I was, I was at the point where it was, it was really starting to be impacted. Like I was developing extreme food sensitivities, extreme food allergies. I was ending up in the hospital with like anaphylaxis. I was experiencing like I'd be driving to work and I have to call someone because like I would fall asleep. It was like I became narco- narcoleptic on the way to work. It was like... I had to uh, get IVs where I would get a supplement, but once a week, just so I could walk to the mailbox. Like it was to the point where I was like, I know I need to start doing something different. And that's where I started to take it to the next level. And, and to me, I had this, this brilliant idea. I'm like, okay, I'm going to free myself from policing. I'm going to get into passive income. I'm going to get into real estate because I love the idea of passive income and real estate. Right. I learned, I did all the things I invested. We bought our first rental property. We duplexed it. We rented the rent, renovated the basement. So we made a secondary suite. We put a lot of time, money, energy, effort. We created this team together and we renovated it. And the day after it renovated, it flooded. And I was just like crushed. I was sitting in my police car. I had just finished like doing a whole bunch of classes. I was exhausted. And my partner called and she, and she told me what happened. I just remember feeling like I must be missing something. Like I literally tried what I thought at the time was everything. So that was my second baseball bat. And that's really what sparked me becoming a human potential coach. So I started to work with my mentor and it was at that point where I really started to do my inner work. Like I had been doing personal development, but I hadn't necessarily done the subconscious stuff. So I could say what I wanted all day long, but if I didn't believe it on a subconscious level, it wasn't going to happen. And it was through doing this work, I, I started to, to realize that I had some, some limiting beliefs, some blocks, some, some things that were holding me back from not only believing that I was worthy of doing these things, mm-hmm. but also allowing myself to thrive, allowing myself to pursue the life that I wanted to live. And I loved it. Like, 
I kind of jumped in. So she took me under her wing. I got certified in uh, mind body technique with her. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting certified through the international coaching federation. I, I got another mind body technique. Basically I specialize in the subconscious stuff. So just from doing my own inner work, I saw, okay, well, I've more than doubled my finances in the first year. Mm -hmm. I, I felt way more gratitude for the work I was doing. I got promoted. I ended up being able to work like three hours, earning good money, doing policing so I could still build my coaching business on the side. And it was like, it was an aha moment for me because it was just the way I was living my life. And it was yeah. like, this stuff, I truly believe that everybody should have a tool to be able to live the life that they love. And that was really what kind of inspired me to pursue it. Because the truth is when you pursue your goals and your dreams, it's scary. Like it's not like the day I, I ended up putting in my notice for, with my sergeant, I remember like my knees were shaking and I was yeah. like at the peak of my career and, and I did it and it took courage, but it wasn't like, yay, I'm going to quit. It was like, Oh, I have to quit. It's just scary. It was like, and for me, it's those big moments that are like, the, oh crap, because <laughs> you know you're, you're getting called to get out of your comfort zone. That's basically in a long-winded way of saying how I got from from that police detective to to now. What I do is, is essentially is help people who are inspiring, who are driven, who are fun. To, to create the life that they love. And the truth is most of the people that I work with already love their life. It's just a matter of being able to expand that and grow on that. And, and if you're somebody who's driven to, to live an amazing life, part of that is you have big dreams. And every time you go to live your big dream, you're out of your comfort zone again. And new things pop up and, and new roadblocks or new challenges. And, and that's kind of the fun part of, of truly living a life that you love. I want to go back first to something you said, and it was in regards to taking all the courses, all the classes, all the books and methods and thousands and thousands upon thousands of dollars, right, that you spent in trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. How did you start? Because I know there are some people listening and they're like, you know what? I'm in the same position. I have a job. It's paying the bills, but something's missing. And so I too have gone through the thing where I pay, I've done classes, I've done all this stuff. And I figure because I've taken it, I must, I must have gotten on the other side and I should be okay. Right. By osmosis, the results of that course will feed me and fill in the gaps. And yeah. it doesn't, it, it doesn't work that way, guys. And so as someone else who has gone through that, right. What do you say to people who are like, okay, but I just need to find the right course. You know, how do you save them from spending all this money? Totally. Right. Before they could do that. Cause I don't want them to be in the same state that you have been. And I have been in. I'm going to answer that in kind of a roundabout way, because I think it's important knowing what I know now, I would probably do things slightly different. I'm grateful for the way that I did do it, but I would do it slightly different in the sense that there's two stages to human development. So that first stage of human development, everybody goes through this stage. And this is the stage where like at the level of the essence of the soul, nothing is missing. 
So you're worthy, you're loved, you're enough, you can be, do, or have anything that you desire. Mm -hmm. But when we're born, like when we come to earth, there's duality, there's two sides, there's support, there's challenge, there's, there's pain, there's pleasure, these, these things. And what happens is when we're born, we're taught this illusion that love comes from the outside, that worth comes from the outside. And part of that is because you literally need adults to keep you alive to survive. So we start looking to the outside to fulfill us. We look to the outside to make us feel safe. And we start to learn these stories. This is when we become the people pleaser, the overachiever, have to do, 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 be busy. And part of it is we're running away from pain. It's too painful to do that. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to run towards pleasure. So it's too painful not to be seen at home. So now when I'm at school and I'm achieving, I get recognition that feels good. So now I'm going to be the good person and do what other people want me to do. And what happens is we start to shape our personality. We start to start reacting to life. So in this phase, we're not actually conscious creators. We're just reacting. Mm -hmm. And what happens is in this stage, life can be very frustrating. So the reason I'm taking the time to explain this for, for anybody listening who feels like you're reacting to life or just feels like you're on the spin cycle of a washing machine and it can feel like life's just happening to you. You're hanging on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because of the way that, that we learn when we're growing up, a lot of the limiting beliefs that we associate with. And, and really what it is, is the life is being created from the outside in. And that's where it can feel really frustrating. Stage two of human development, and most likely if you're looking to start doing personal development or any type of growth, real true inner growth, this is most likely where you're on the verge to, are on the bridge to. So stage two is all about doing it from a new energy. This is where your worth comes from within. This is where you're a conscious creator of your reality. Stage one, you're a victim of your history. Stage two, you are a master of your destiny. And that's one of the quotes that Dr. Martini shares. But when you're in this stage, this is where true success happens. So true success is admitting what is it that you want and then getting into action, but also know that you're worthy of it. So when you're looking for personal development or if you're looking for courses and books and all those things, what often we do is we revert back to the old way of doing things. We do them based off of shoulds. We do them based off of what we think we have to do. But if you truly want to create a life that you love, you have to take responsibility for your life. And the truth is, of course, a book, all these things will help you get there. But you're going to have to start admitting what is it that you actually want and what's in alignment with you. And one thing that could be super helpful is figuring out what are your highest values. Because if you know what your highest values are, is you're going to be most efficient, you're going to be most effective. But then you can kind of link that to whatever you're learning. So what I did is I took other people's highest values when I first started this. And you get stuck because you're not going to grow if you're adopting someone else's values. You're judging yourself, you're judging other people, and you're just going to keep swinging back and forth until eventually you learn to be like, okay, I'm just going to do what I want. 
So I think one of the, the best things that, that you could do when you're starting to, to grow and learn and take courses is actually take the time to, to what does your life demonstrate that's actually meaningful and important to you? What are your values and what's in alignment with that? How can you move that forward? It'll save you tons of time and tons of money. There, there was so much in that. Guys, I had to go get a pen to write down. <laughs> There's so much in that to unpack. And so I, I want to first start with the two phases because I, I, t- I completely agree with this. I never heard it said this way, but I feel if I look back on how I have my journey, the first is reactive. And it wasn't until I started looking in that I found peace, right? And so even in the space where I had the realization at 26, but it was between 26 and 33, I still hadn't fully made that realization because I was going back. I was still reacting. I was still taking others' opinions into consideration, et cetera, et cetera. It was only at 33 that I was like, you know what? This is my life. Let me do it. Let me embrace it. So I do see the dichotomy that you're talking about. And it's interesting because in, in looking at other people, and I'm curious, I think more and more people ha- have that line, have that line, because I do find yeah. you know, one thing that especially young people, outside validation, it's one thing we look for. I always talk about, I w- I'm, may you have the fearlessness of a five-year-old in life, <laughs> right? Crazy. I mean- they were fearless. And I don't know when we built the fear. It's just others yeah. telling us we can't do stuff and inner knowledge from experience. But five-year-olds, man, they will jump and across bridges. You'd be like, what are you doing? You know, just stop. But they will it's chase so it. True. They will chase it. And they're fearless. They're happy. They're joyful. And it's only over time that I've noticed this change from, uh, like, I, while it's a dichotomy, I think we start off loving ourselves and being at peace and somehow we kind of we flip switches and it's like hey we got to get back to that original state yes right is that is that a okay kind of it is and and it's usually so so yeah so one thing is how does that actually happen a lot of it happens and it doesn't necessarily have to be anything traumatic like huge that happens to you so there's there's three ways that we react one is we're running away from pain towards pleasure. And an example of that could be you're the oldest sibling mm. and your parents have another. And it's like, well, who am I? I'm not enough. Now I have to work extra hard. So I'm going to be the good boy or girl or person so that I'm seen. Or I have to go to school and I can't read. So I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough. I had a client come in and she she's moving her dream forward. So she she's successful. She has... Uh, a, a loving family. She's working now in her her dream role for her career, her business, and they're they're moving. So they're they're building their dream home. Mm-hmm. And what she was finding is there was all these roadblocks coming up for her house, like literal roadblocks. Like her driveway was costing like twenty grand more. Like mm-hmm. all these things were happening. So through a session, we did some of the mind body work, and what I ended up what we discovered through it is that when she was one years old she was crying in her crib and basically she wanted her parents to come and soothe her and they didn't show up. So subconsciously she created this story that when I ask for what I want and I don't get it, I'm unloved. I'm unworthy. And more importantly, she also associated with saying, it's not safe for me to ask for what I want because if I ask for what I want, it's going to be way too painful. So I'm I'm not going to ask for what I want. 
So that's important because when you're in stage two and you're going to move your dreams forward, you'll actually revert back to that same like perception of when you store it. So that's one way we react. Another way we react is judgments. So parents, for example, or guardians, usually when we're younger, we're like, our parents are awesome. They know what they're doing. And as we hit our teens, we're like, our parents have no idea what they're doing. I don't know how they kept us alive. So we start judging. And it's like, judgment could be, well, I'm never going to do that like my mom. Or I hated how she did that. I'm not going to do that when I'm older. Or I loved how my parents did that. They had three kids. I'm going to have three kids. And what happens is instead of being you, you either try to be or not be like somebody else. Yeah. And then the third way is like a Pavlovian condition. It's like we have emotional condition reflexes, same with physical condition responses. And and instead of just acting in the moment from, from that place of like you're present, you're, you're choosing consciously, it's reverting back to the moment you stored that perception. So that's why it's, it's, it's tough because you can say, I want to do all these things. I want to have a, an awesome business. I want to have financial freedom. I want to travel the world. I want to do these things. But if you haven't done your inner work to release some of these old stories and limiting beliefs, essentially your subconscious mind won't let it happen because it it doesn't associate it with it being safe. What's interesting is um, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Coming up with, like, I I think what you're saying is 100%. But I think the struggle for people, and I know the struggle for me for those uh, seven years was uh, faith that that will be it. Faith that that doing this inner work is is going to work because, you know, you have people uh, touting solutions and uh, pro- um, products that will help them, courses that will do it. And so it's yeah. it's like you see that quick switch, right? Quick fix. I pay out $2,900, that's going to do it. That's going to solve it. But I think to your point, it's, it's external. It's like very um, top level. Whereas what you're talking about is guys, that's a temporary fix. You're a hundred percent right. So for me, if you want surface level, I'm not your person, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the truth is surface level sells. Yes. And it's tough. And it's, you really need to use discernment because what often happens in the self-help and the personal development industry is a lot of people sell positive thinking. Yeah. So who here has tried to think positive and who here still has negative thoughts? Like it's, you need both. And, and that's why knowing that that stage one is actually serving you. It's, it's benefiting you. It's creating your personality. It's driving you. Being able to see the perfectionate, being able to see both sides, but also with doing your inner work or, or any type of personal development, if someone's just selling you one side, like only the benefits, this is just going to be awesome. You're just always going to be happy. That's, that's an unwinnable game. And what that actually does is it creates more of the opposite. Like one of the most miserable people that you could ever meet are the people that are striving just to be happy. And the truth is it's because it's not attainable. It's it's love is both sides. Happiness is one-sided. It's, it's the spinning wheel. Someone told me like happiness is one, not, not in those words, but like people always chase happiness, but what you should be chasing is joy because it's, it's more in. And I think, to your point of discernment, 
The, the thing I want you guys to understand, and I think what Andrea is saying is it may be pretty to, and it may seem more ideal to go for that quick fix, which we're telling you here right now that it's not going to be a full fix. This kind of stuff takes work, inner work, regardless. Like this is why I, I tout mental health because a lot of the stuff is inner work. It's stuff you got to do to to do it. But Andrea, I think what people are looking for, right, is fixes. Mm-hmm. Is there something we can say about working on your inner self that they can take confidence and, and some comfort in? Yeah. One of the things that I find, it's like my mantra, one of my mentors, Lee Janelle, she taught it to me. I absolutely live by it. I love it. I teach it to all my clients is this idea of there's always equal support and challenge. Mm-hmm. So if you know the, the, the way the universe works, you know the rules of the game, the game is way more fun. So this is the name of the game. Ooh. All right. If you challenge yourself, if you truly challenge yourself to admit, like truly admit, what is it that you want? And then you get into action and actually do the thing, like take mini baby step action, know you're worthy of it. You will be supported. You'll be supported by could be by finances, could be by things are going to happen for you that wouldn't happen for other people. So you challenge yourself, you will be supported. And if you stay in your comfort zone, if you're unwilling to challenge yourself, if you're not willing to do whatever it is that your heart actually wants you to do, the name of the game is then you're then going to be challenged by the universe. Mm. You can't escape support and challenge. But what you can do is choose your challenge. So the best thing you can do is choose the challenge that's inspiring to you. If it's not inspiring to you, then it just means you're just going to have crap come to you that everybody else is just throwing at you. So that's something that if you truly want to live an amazing life and start small, just start something small and be like, what's one thing I can do that's in alignment with me that I can challenge myself with something that feels slightly out of my comfort zone. And just know as you take action steps towards it, you will be supported. And oftentimes the bigger the dream, the longer it takes. So you need to chunk it into like teeny tiny baby action steps. Otherwise you're not going to do it. So I would say that's if you can live by that principle, knowing that there's going to be challenge no matter what, you might as well choose your challenge. Can we talk to the people who are listening, who are regretful, right? Um, For me, it took years to, to make this decision, right? It sounds like for you, it took years as a detective to try and figure out. And then you, you made the, you had those two at bat moments that kind of knocked you on your head to get, get you to take the right steps. Yeah. What about those people who are like, listen, I'm past, it's too late for me. I'm past prime, whatever that means, however they've defined it. There's no going back. I can't change. You can't teach an old dog, new tricks, et cetera, et cetera. What can we say to them? How can we encourage them today? Well, I think the biggest thing is it really, truly at the, again, at the level of the essence of the soul, nothing's missing. So knowing that you're loved, like knowing that you're truly worthy of your desires, but also you have to choose. Like if you want to be responsible for your life, you need to choose in favor of you doing it. So, so first of all, know that you're worthy of actually doing it and also know that it takes courage. So I do this session. It's like a free so in love with your life session. But one of the questions I ask is how committed on a scale of one to 10 
are you to achieving whatever the dream is that they tell me? And if people are like an eight or a nine or a six or whatever, if they're not a 10, Mm -hmm. one thing I say to them is let's say, pick someone that you love. So, so they pick someone that they love and I say, and I'll I'll warn them. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a ridiculously extreme example. If we, if you don't do this, 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 and this, that you said that you truly want to do, mm-hmm. if you don't do that, then you're never going to see this person again. Or even more extreme, this person's actually going to die. Are you committed to doing those things? And I've never had anybody say no. Everyone's like, yes, 10 out of 10, I will do it. Right. And then I was like, okay. So when it comes to you committing to yourself, are you willing to do it? And sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they'll say no. And sometimes it's just because they have a block that they're not worthy of having it. So just know, like if you're somebody who says it's too late for me, it's not too late for you. You might just not have the tools. And that's why it's really important to have the tools and the resources to be able to help you connect back to your heart. And for me, like I'm, I'm not somebody who lived from my heart most of my life. I lived from my head. I was super analytical. I could count on my hand how many times I cried in pretty much my whole life (laughs) until I started to do this work. So a lot of it, it served you. And one thing that you could actually write is how is me not pursuing my dreams serving you? Because the truth is people won't change if it's serving them more not to. They're getting something out of it. Can you say that once more? Yeah. So if you're getting something out of not changing, you're not going to do it. So let's say somebody losing weight. Why are they not losing weight? Because it is serving them somehow Mm -hmm. by not doing it. And a lot of the times they don't know what it is. It could be subconscious. It could be a number of different reasons. So that's why even if you're a coach or if you're working with people or your family or your friends, don't be fooled. They are getting something out of not doing the thing. So we don't have to feel bad for them and you don't have to feel bad for yourself. It's more so just be like, okay, interesting. I'm getting something out of not doing it. Right. That's how, why I'm not doing it. <laughs> how is not chasing your dream serving you? That, that's an interesting question. And I'm curious of the people that you asked in that session that you have, how many of them have other responsibilities? Meaning they're a parent, they're a spouse, they're a grandparent, they have other responsibilities that they're like, I can't really afford to because of something else. Yeah. So I would say, uh, I would say I'm very conscious of the people that I do attract. So I would say most of the people that I do attract are people who are, have already done for the most part, some inner work. They're Mm -hmm. ready to change. They're ready to, to commit. But that being said, they have a lot on their plate. Like they are doing a lot of things. Like some of them are, are teachers, psychologists, lawyers, doctors, like they have, not only professionally, but then they have businesses that they're building as well. They have families, they have inspiring, like they're doing the things. So it's not that they have more or less time than anybody else. Like they have a lot going on. I guess the difference is, I'm going to say it this way, because this is something that's been coming up this week a lot with a a bunch of people that have been talking about Mm -hmm. this similar thing is, is what I find more is, is people are like, well, when I have time or when I have the money, then I will do it. Mm -hmm. The truth is you don't have the time or money to not do it. Like, and, and I say that it has to be the right fit. It has to be 
in alignment. It has to be the right person in the right moment. But let's say they're at that point. Until you commit to yourself, that's truly the, the, like, I'm a good coach. I know I can get you the results, but that's, that's half of it. The other half is you just committing to yourself, right? That's it. That's the, that's the magic that most people don't share about. It's, it's by committing to yourself. That's when the magic happens. Like I had a a client. Well, when I get one client, then I'll sign up with you. I'm like, you're not going to get a client until you sign up with me. Yeah. And she's like, I know because she hadn't been. So she signed up with me. She got that client and then she got four other clients and I'm a good coach. I can help her. But the true magic was she committed to herself. She said enough is enough. I'm going to do the thing. I believe in myself. So that's kind of the magic. I think some of the confusion that people have is it's like an all or nothing kind Mm. of commitment in that if I'm going to do this, I have to do this. In fact, I have to take time off work. I have to be free 24-7. I probably have to go on sabbatical to do this. Can you dispel that myth for them? Yeah, there's that. And there's this, what if I fail? What if I commit to doing this? Yeah. And I make a mistake and then I disappoint myself and I disappoint other people. Those are kind of the two biggies. Yeah. And, And probably the best way to say that is, one, there's no mistakes in life. There's only lessons. But it's feedback. If you're on the top of your game, so I'm sure you can think of a time when you're feeling like expansive and successful and all those things. Well, there's a price to pay for that. The price to pay for that is maybe you felt burnt out. Maybe you didn't spend time with your friends, your family, your health, yourself. And there's also going to be times when you perceived failure, like, oh, I quit this or I gave up on that. But there's a price to pay for that. And you probably also became more uh, creative. Maybe it made you more able to actually have the time to learn what it is that you wanted to do. So it's not about success or failure when it comes to personal development. It's all about feedback. So if you were to eat something like, like a a really unhealthy garbage meal, your stomach might say, don't do that again. Right. And it's just feedback. And when you're doing this journey, it's all just feedback to guide you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not necessarily about quitting. But I would say a lot of people get, they become hesitant on, on investing because they've invested in a lot of different things and those things didn't work. Well, it's not that they didn't work. They've guided you to where you wanted to go, but they might not necessarily have been what you were expecting them to be. It might've been a fantasy of what you wanted it to be and not necessarily the truth and the reality of what it truly was. I'm glad you said that because I think there is a myth right? That there's a magic bullet or there's a magic solution or, you know, that's why people keep going and trying and trying. It's, it's like people say about yo-yo dieters, you know, for, yeah. for whatever it is, it's kind of like this is its own version of that. But yeah, it's a tough place to be that I think people find themselves stuck and don't know where to go. And then how do I find the resource to do that inner work? So I, I think, you know, because I think everyone's on their own journey yeah, to your point, totally. right? And trying to figure it out. And it's it's interesting because you had an aha moment that you went through. And I had a, a conversation with our last guest, Jewel Turner, who was on the last episode. And we were talking about how people, it's funny how the people who have to go through something tend mm-hmm. to be more joyful, tend to appreciate mm-hmm. or have some inner work done because They've been through it, right? They've had an aha moment of some sort of some level of severity, uh, some minor, some big. Do you think that 
it's important that people have a life lesson to to appreciate it? Yeah. And it, I think there's always going to be instances or experiences that people have that shape who they are. Mm. I think a big part of it is actually acknowledging that. So, so before this, so I used to be a youth detective. So what I found is the most challenging youth to deal with were the ones whose parents only supported them. Like they were a nightmare to deal with. And part of it is because they became entitled. They became, they weren't resilient. It's like the butterfly in the cocoon. So when we are in the cocoon, naturally what we want is someone to cut it open so that we can just be free. Anytime we have challenges, it's the same thing, but just like the butterfly, it needs that resistance. It needs that challenge in order for it to be strong, for it to fly and survive. And same with us. It's like anytime we have a challenge, especially when we're younger, we perceived it as, okay, well, when I'm good, good things happen to me. Or when I'm bad, bad things happen to me. And that's not the case. Oftentimes, some of the experiences that occur are actually shaping who you are. The difference, though, between somebody who is is more joyful and more, I'm going to say true success, like Mm -hmm. that true inner success, is somebody who's able to use that challenge to their advantage. Mm. They're not that victim. They are their master of the destiny, not the victim of history, the master of the destiny. But that's part of the journey. Like at the time, it might feel horrible. It's like, this is why is this happening to me? (laughs) And then afterwards, you're like, thank God that happened to me. Yeah. I love that because I'm I'm a big fan of the butterfly analogy. It's why I have a butterfly in my name and stuff, because it's true. You know, that time that they spend in the cocoon is they're fighting to get out is how they get stronger. And when somebody is like, oh, no, this poor little cocoon, let me cut it open so it can be free. It comes out too soon yeah. and it isn't able to bat its wings to fly. Unfortunately, yeah. that's why we go through stuff. So, I mean, I, I think, yeah. you know, oh, we're not wishing bad things upon you guys. That just just to be clear, <laughs> we're, not, we're not wishing bad things upon you, but know that the bad things are there for a reason, a purpose you may not see immediately, but mm-hmm. down the road, when you look back, if you look back, you might see it then. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because and one thing that my mentor shared with me, so mm-hmm. it was when you're going through a challenge, it doesn't mean you have to wait until like 10 years, 20 yeah. years down the line to be like, okay, now I'm grateful for it. One thing that helps me and, and I often share with my clients is, is when you're in it, when you're experiencing something that's challenging, ask yourself quality questions. And the quality question could just be like, since I'm worthy of love, where is this guiding me to go? Mm-hmm. Or since I'm worthy of love, how is this for my my highest and greatest good? And, and I've had some clients experience like very, very challenging situations that they didn't necessarily like they, they didn't know that was going to happen. Right. And they were able to navigate it in such a loving way because they started to ask themselves some just, you're no longer coming from that. Why is this happening to me? It's like, okay, since I'm loved, since I know that everything's happening for my highest grade, how is this benefiting me? How can I use this to my greatest advantage? What are the benefits in this for me? And when you come from that place, it's a totally different energy than why is this happening to me? I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mindset, it's inner work, it's perspective, it's, it's all the woo-woo words that you guys want to label woo-woo, but really isn't woo-woo. 
Totally. Right? It's fight that social construct, guys, about woo-woo, by the way. Fight that one. It's necessary and needed. Okay. And it's funny because the stuff is so simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. So sometimes when we talk about this stuff, it might sound like very, like almost too simple to be like, well, I don't understand how that's even. And I think that's often where woo-woo comes to because it's like, oh, well, that just seems way too simple. Yes. In reality, it takes effort and it takes discipline to be able to do it, but it it actually works. It's an illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andrea, before I let you go, there are two questions I have to ask. And so I'm going to kick it off with the segment that let's go. It's time to be intentional is here to help us guide these guys listening. All right. So question number one, what is the biggest mistake people who chase their dreams make? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say, I think the biggest mistake they make is when they're pursuing their dreams, make sure it's actually your dreams. Oh, Make sure you're connected to your heart. A lot of the time we chase what other people want us to do, where we think we need to do. And then we just, we really self-depreciate. So the more you can tune into what your actual dream is, not a fantasy, not an idea of what you have no intention to actually do, but like a true meaningful goal. I would say that's actually one of the the top reasons people most aren't successful. True success is because they don't have clear and inspiring goals that are actually in alignment with them. So I would say that is probably the, the number one. You guys hear that? I hope you heard that. If not, rewind it 30 seconds. Listen to it again. <laughs> Last question. What is one thing these guys listening to you today can do to take action in chasing their dreams? Oh, the biggest thing you can do every day is just ask yourself quality questions. And one quality question that I often ask, and this is from Dr. John D. Martini, is what is it that I would love? And then Ask yourself, what are the highest priority action steps I can take today to do it? Because the truth is your your life is going to be how you align your time and energy. If you have no idea what's actually important to you, you're not going to do it, but also chunk it into baby steps. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I have no idea where to even start, ask yourself, okay, what's the highest priority action step I could take today? Chunk it into an even smaller baby step. And then take it one little baby step at a time, but take consistent action. You need to listen and act. If you're doing just one or the other, that's not going to be true success. That's not going to be fulfillment. You're going to get stuck. But if you do both, if you combine it, that's really when you start to move your life forward. Andrea, we, we could keep going. Honestly, we could keep talking. I love talking about this stuff. So I could probably do this like with you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. You dropped loads of knowledge on everybody. I hope you guys heard everything she said. If not, we'll talk about it in a second. Andrea, thank you for coming on and just sharing your wisdom, your knowledge and your life lessons with these guys. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for everybody listening. So thank you. And there you have it, guys. That was Andrea Parker. Amazing episode. I really loved it, especially because I think there were so many gems to help you out with. We were talking left and right about different topics that will help you and guide you from the two phases, reactive to inner work, the things that you have to do to get ready. She is definitely a human potential coach and someone that you guys should look into. 
So remember, you can find all the notes over on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 247. That's episode 247. All right, Dream Chasers, until next time, remember, don't stop, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.